Sweet. All right. Uh, hello. Welcome to the second episode of the Karst Cast. Um, I'm here. Well, I'm here without my co-host Jeff. He's sick. Uh, he's got a bad throat thing. Um, but I'm not alone. I have our first guest, uh, Taylor J. Williams. Uh, Want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I am. I am Taylor J. Williams. It's always weird for me when people say the J. I know I brand myself with the J. Oh yeah, I didn't know if but, I should just go with Taylor Williams or bring the J in, but it sounded professional. Yeah, it's it's like it's it started out as like there are a lot of Taylor Williamses, so that was a way to like specify. But oh, there's yeah. already a, a Taylor John Williams who's famous. Oh, that's true. So like, it's not even like it's doing that much for for branding myself. Right. Anyway. Well, yeah, you're one of my um. You're one of the few film YouTubers who I like, like respect. Not to like, not to like <laughs> roast every other, but like you just you Thank seem you. like one of them that like knows their shit, which is nice. Um, I don't know, like you you know like the indie stuff and and whatnot, and you know when to focus on it. So I'm like this guy. Well, this guy you. knows his stuff. I, um, I appreciate that. Oh, speaking of roommates. Oh, don't worry, we're good. Is it? Are you living? Okay, are you living with the guy from Patricia? For those who don't know, he has a short film called Patricia. Is that like so? That's that's my my good friend Sebastian, who okay. is technically not my roommate. But so the way my room is set up, I'm in a triple. It's a two bedroom suite, so there's a triple and a double. So there's five of us. But okay. one of my roommates, uh, we're we're pretty. We don't know exactly what the situation is, but we're pretty sure he just has an off campus apartment. We haven't seen him since September. Oh, so. <laughs> That's so it's an issue. We have this guest bed. So nice. Sebastian is basically the placeholder roommate, That's even nice. though he has his own room. That's cool. Um, yeah. Speaking of um, speaking of roommates, uh, we're both in film school, which yeah. is something to relate to. Um, both very different film schools, I feel like, but also sort of similar because they're both like in the city. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just tell you're a freshman, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. How are what are what are your thoughts on on it so far? For all the other like kids in high school who are thinking about applying to film school, especially like NYU, being that that's like one of the yeah. I know. I know boys. NYU has a reputation. Um, it does. So freshman year <laughs> has a very rigid curriculum. Yeah. That I don't necessarily love. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not. There are a few things. One, it's not that you're necessarily paying for. The freshman curriculum, a lot of freshman year is just networking and right. stuff, because they don't even let you check out that much equipment as a freshman, because they don't, they haven't teched you on it. But there's a lot of set opportunity. Um, I've, I've PA'd and I've um, started gripping on a few sets for, um, for juniors and seniors, and so nice. I've made a lot of connections from there. And also just, um, I've talked to upperclassmen and, you know, everyone seems to... Uh, have the same freshman year experience where yeah. uh, the classes are kind of it, it's all like fundamental stuff but most of us who are you know interested in going into film school from high school already know a lot of that stuff anyway mm-hmm. but seeing the production classes firsthand you know gives me faith that it'll get better but also like literally everyone I've talked to has um you know told me That's, that yeah. it improves a lot from freshman year for sure so we'll see yeah, play it by ear, how it goes. Yeah. Are you most specifically interested 
this feels like a parent asking a kid well like are you most <laughs> are you most like specifically focused on like directing right now um yeah i'd say so i mean like i i have more experience writing just because you don't need resources to write um mm-hmm. like the the dream That's is true. obviously become a writer director yeah. um and also a composer i'm i'm minoring in music oh nice that's very cool um yeah sure. that's that's uh, the dream doing as many jobs as i can but yeah writing and directing primarily very cool um what was i gonna say oh another thing that we share in common is like we both do youtube at film school like we're both kind of like balancing that whole thing but the thing about you is that like you you had the channel before you went to college from what i believe because i yeah. i know i discovered you before like the fall so i'm assuming yeah um so I was wondering, like, I don't like if that had any play in like the social status of it all, just because like, I don't know. If I were like a freshman coming in and I had like a YouTube channel, I'd be that guy that's like, I got soaps or whatnot. <laughs> there was a little like, I wouldn't say like, I gained much status from having a YouTube channel, okay. but a couple people like, like I made the, I did early decision. NYU so okay. I was I was the first to make like a Facebook messenger group chat but nice, you know nice. that obviously had nothing to do with the channel but yeah. people would would message on the the post like me saying um, you know message me to add you to the group chat they'd say like are, are you whoever from YouTube <laughs> I was like okay that's cool that's that's um, yeah that's really nice and then I was actually just gripping on a set on Sunday and there's a scene in the film where a character's a YouTuber, and one of my friends made a joke like, oh, you should be the YouTube consultant. Oh. And then, like, one yeah. of the people, one of the, like, <laughs> upper people was like, I think I've seen one of your videos. Damn. But I'm still not, like, I don't know how to respond to that. Because it's not, right. like... No, totally. I'm not famous, but every exactly. now and then, someone will be like, hey, are you this person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, yeah. Speaking, like, I still have no idea how to respond to those things. Cause like yeah. you were saying, like not like we're not famous, you know, but right. like it's just enough where like we have to. There's I don't know, like when I when there's like a recognition, I have no idea how to. Like yeah, I say it's thanks. Always the most there's... like awkward interaction. Yeah, of course. No hate to anybody who's recognized. Right. And is I, I appreciate this. it a lot. <laughs> um, just yeah, it's it's a complicated situation, which is weird because it shouldn't be. But um. Yeah. Anyways, we kind of just jumped into it. Did not even, like, introduce what we're talking about today. Uh, But, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, I was thinking about a movie to talk about. Um, I know we talked about, like, doing Climax or Captain Marvel. Um, Yeah. I I never saw Captain Marvel. I I didn't get around to... I tried to see... I made plans to see both this weekend. Didn't see Mm -hmm. either. Saw Green Book in my room. I was going to, that's the thing, I, I saw your letterbox review and I was like, we'll talk about Green Book, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down. <laughs> Alright. Where, where do we jump in? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I have a lot of thoughts about Green Book. I don't think it's, like, the worst movie ever, but. Yeah, it's just so, like, I, I guess mediocre is the right word. It just feels like, I don't know why they made the movie. It feels like a template for a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't... It feels just very... It feels ingenuine. It feels, like, unfinished. Like you said, it's like a template. But... Yeah. I don't know. What, what are your, What are your like, initial, like, 
Like, what did you give it again? Because I forgot. What was your initial I, I rating? gave it two stars on Letterboxd. Okay. Um, which is, is a little below average. Um, <laughs> so, like, Vigo and, and Mahershala Ali, I think, both did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I think they... I mean, I don't know how authentic the um, Italian portrayal was. It felt a little, like, hammed up. Like, mm-hmm. there are scenes where they're oh, doing yeah. the hand thing, like... And also all of his his little, uh, like, there's so many scenes where he's like, oh, they got a problem with me, they can take a shit. Oh, they don't like my name, they can, they can shove it up their ass. They can, they can piss on the carpet. Uh, just, just a bunch of catchphrases like that are like, oh, you're a musician, you mean, like, songs? That's like an actual line <laughs> from the movie. <laughs> I completely forgot about that line. <laughs> and, just, yeah, so... Yeah. In spite of that, you know, they, they both did a really good job. Yeah, it, there was just the whole, like, pizza scene. There's just, it just felt stupid. I don't know. It, oh, it felt, I forgot. He ate, like, an entire, he, he folded over an entire pizza. <laughs> he ate the whole pizza for no Oscar. It's just absurd. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah Vigo I does a know. lot I, I, for Vigo for, did a for lot for that Oscars. role. He, he <laughs> either shows his dick or he eats a whole pizza. <laughs> Oh, man. Do you think his, um... I'm curious of what your thoughts are on this. Do you think... Because my initial... Like, the re, the way I found out about Green Book initially was from uh, Vigo saying the N-word during that oh. Q&A. And I was like, oh, my God, what an idiot. And, like, yeah. he just messed this whole movie about racism up. But it ended up winning Best right. Picture. Um, I know, I know. I yeah. have heard about it before the controversy. With, with, like, that specific controversy. Mm-hmm. Um... And I actually don't remember how I heard about it, but for the longest time, I thought it was just, like, some forgettable, like, wouldn't even get much awards buzz. Just, right. like, it would be in theaters, and it would be out, and everyone would forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think all the, all the fuck-ups on their press tour might have actually helped them in the long run. Yeah. Because it kept the film relevant. Yeah. Like, you honestly. hadn't heard about it until that instance. It's... It, like, that's the thing, if there weren't any problems with it, like, if, like, the writers weren't, because there was that other thing, like, the writers were apparently, like, Trump supporters or something, like, three years ago or whatever, like... Oh, yeah, and, like, the, uh, the, one of the, the son of Vigo's character said, like, he was one of the people who said they saw, like, a bunch of Muslims celebrating at 9-11. Yeah. Or some shit like yeah. that. I, and... Yeah, there was there's so many problems that went down with this movie, and I genuinely like like you said, I don't think it would have been like I think it would have just been really forgettable had it not had any of these problems because I like grouped it in kind of with and this is a weird grouping, but I like kind of put it together with Beautiful Boy just because they're both yeah. really safe manipulative movies about topics that I don't know deal with heavy subject matter, and yeah. Beautiful Boy didn't have any controversy and it just came and went not to say yeah. like i don't know it just they no were both, one was talking about that no movie. one talked about that movie and they were both like pretty much in the same level of quality green book being yeah. a little bit worse in my opinion but like i i agree anyways um, yeah and then i saw this thing on twitter it was like apparently um i i don't know the source of this but apparently whenever the producers would get sad about people trashing green book they would watch Green Book and feel better. <laughs> that, 
which is just the most up your own ass thing to do yeah that is just that is absurd i can't of course there's the one producer who emailed um i don't remember which critic it was but after they won best picture sent out a personal email just like so aggressively defending green book (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's i don't i don't know it's a ridiculously stupid movie I don't. It's not. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Here's here's what I say. I'm only glad it exists because it like, it will make. How do I say this? Like people in the suburbs, and I kind of wrote this in my letterbox review. Like old white people who would never go see a movie about racism, they'll go see this, and it's like the closest they'll get to like sort of addressing these issues. Yeah. You know? The problem with that though is like, the movie doesn't even do a good job. Right. Yeah. Like, we've got. It just, we've got. It's, yeah. At the end, the cop pulls them over, and he's like, is there a problem, officer? And he's like, yeah, your, your tire's flat. Let me help you change it. It's like, what was the point of all this? Like, they're, they're still in the South at this point, I believe. Yeah. So there's that. Then there's, like, Vigo's character. Tony, that's his name. Tony learns to not be violent, but then he pulls out a gun at the end, and all, all <laughs> Shirley says is, I knew you had a gun. It's like, what, wasn't the whole, like conflict that you're teaching him to not oh my god it's like so many instances where they undermine what they're trying to say and like shirley has this whole monologue about like you know i want to play classical music even though that's what they don't expect from me because i'm i'm the best i can blah blah blah. like it means a lot to him and in the trailer they have him playing jazz yeah yeah that's true and he he gets catharsis playing like 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 rock and roll at that that dive bar they go to mm-hmm. i don't know the whole end confused me because like when when there was that whole confrontation with arwen from the sweet life of zach and cody at the restaurant <laughs> oh my he, god uh, i didn't even process that that was yeah arwen? i saw him and i was like <laughs> what like i recognized him immediately somehow even though i haven't seen the sweet life of zach and cody in like 10 years and i was like what has this guy done besides <laughs> arwen <laughs> and now he's in green book he's in green but book. after he's that scene picture there's no conflict in the rest of the movie, but there's still, I don't know, Vigo and, and false endings are just, yeah, you know, Return of the King. Uh, best Picture winners with false endings and Vigo Mortensen. Oh, man. That's the thing. Well, like, I kind of understand, like, just knowing the Academy, just knowing the, the whole math of it all, like, I'm not surprised it won Best Picture. I'm just, I'm, I'm so, like, Best Original Screenplay is what... Got that's me, yeah no i'm i'm baffled by that <laughs> it's full of like you said contradictions musician you mean like songs <laughs> you mean like the chords Best yeah i just i it's hilarious it's the dude that wrote dumb and dumber did he write it or i don't know direct it I, something I, it just, I, I don't know exactly but yeah i, I, I don't know my dumber and dumber facts, <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's it's stupid i i always like approach it like it's not that bad but then once i start like thinking about it and processing it like once you start bringing up the actual scenes themselves yeah like i guess you can so clearly see like how strictly they adhere to like the formulaic like call to action refusal of like i'm taking a freshman screenwriting class and like the whole point of teaching us this stuff is that we can know it so that we don't adhere so so rigidly to it and that's exactly what the movie did yeah uh, anyways and then 
the cinematography was like fine i guess a lot of it was kind of bland the concert scenes actually looked terrible i thought yeah they looked awful they were like the weirdest angles yeah it, it literally looked like a high school talent show yeah and then um i don't know there were the editing wasn't like it didn't stand out to me for the most part but there were a couple scenes where it's like you know they they cut to another angle and it's like mm-hmm. not quite bohemian rhapsody level <laughs> using all the coverage they have but it's still like what's the point of cutting to a profile of this guy who's just on the phone who's not even like a character right. in this movie yeah that's fair oh and and i just want to it's not like a, a big thing in the movie but i just want to talk about when they're in prison or when they're in jail yes and yes. and shirley calls the governor and it's like the the, the three cops and one of them's like, I mean, he has rights, right? And and Sebastian and I were like, what if this was just an episode of, of what would you do just for this one cop? <laughs> and his response is, I mean, he has rights. But then the uh, the guy who actually like speaks to the governor out of nowhere, just like, this is only seen in the, he's in the movie for like 30 seconds, and he's screaming at the other cops. He's like, you're going to let this guy out. I just spoke to the governor. He's, like, giving the performance of his lifetime. Could you imagine, like, Best Supporting Actor, Prison Guard 3, Green Book. Prison Guard 3. <laughs> it's just so out it of just, nowhere. Just I, belting it out. I don't know where, like, the 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 warm-up for that scene was. Like, what happened beforehand, but, like... <laughs> yeah. It's just... Yeah, it's so many questions about this film. Yeah, and, and I then, saw... I read your, um... Letterbox review after I posted mine, but I saw that you also noted how fucking generic Academy music the score mm-hmm. was. Yes. You can tell that like they shot the film and they had it all edited and they were just like, yeah, we'll just we'll just have someone come in and and throw some shit in. It could have been the same score as Spotlight and I wouldn't have known. Like it yeah, really, literally. I just. Anyway, oh, how was your audience? Because I saw this in like suburban Minnesota. With and people were loving it, like they were laughing. They were just. I, I'm wondering, I, like, how the New York reaction was. Well, I actually watched it in my dorm room. It was just Sebastian and I. Oh, that's right. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> but that actually made it so much better. Yeah. Because so, like, I was watching it. He was playing Smash on my Switch the whole movie. <laughs> but like, still took away the same amount. Yeah. Oh man. It was. That that was the what ideal it, setting to watch that movie. Actually, was that have you okay? So have you seen all the Best Picture nominees at this point? Was that yeah? Green Book was the only one I hadn't seen. Ironically, yeah, it's the one that it wasn't like a horrible Oscars, in my opinion. I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. <laughs> I was I not mean, too happy with most most of Green it. Green Book Best Screenplay, Bohemian Rhapsody Best Editing. Uh, I was. Not exactly a happy camper. Not the best, no. I was just... I, I knew this was going to happen. And I we're both on the same page on like how much we love The Favorite. Um, yeah. I, I knew it wasn't going to win that much. But yeah. I, it really... I'm surprised Olivia Coleman got the win. I'm very yeah, happy Yeah, that was actually that. The, the, the big surprise of the... The pleasant surprise of the night. Yeah. Um, and like the thing is, last year's Oscars, I think a lot of people complained because it wasn't very entertaining. But I like I was happy with pretty much all the awards that were that were given out that year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think this one the Oscars just, kind I... of kind of relies on these upsets to keep it going. 
much like Green Book, relying on problematic marketing to stay relevant. For a movie about racism, you would think, but never mind. Um, yeah, the, it's just a, yeah. it's a mess. <laughs> um, anyways, um, we, if you want, we could get into some questions. Um, yeah, I was the actually Q&A. just going to suggest that. Because uh, I got a few. I picked out four, anticipating we would spend somewhat good amount of time on some of them. Um, <clears throat> so I'll just get right into it. We have this first one from <laughs> Teflon Sean, uh, who says, Name a film that you hated after the first watch, but grew on you with time. Um, his example is Annihilation. Um, do you have any films? like I have some that I can think of, but I was wondering if you had any right off the bat. Um, it's funny that his, his example was Annihilation, because I wasn't the biggest fan when I first saw it, and I've oh, been yeah. meaning to rewatch it, hoping mm-hmm. it'll grow on me. Um, I don't think there have been any films that I outright hated, yeah. but, like, 2001 is probably the most, like, people don't like it the first time and it grows on them. Um, honestly, that's been the case with, like, almost every Kubrick film. Like, he's my favorite director, okay. and, like... Yeah, half of his movies are like some of my favorite movies, but I don't think there was ever like I don't know maybe Paths of Glory was the only one where like I loved it immediately. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of one that I I really <laughs> didn't like. Uh, what do you have examples? Um, I didn't like Enter the Void my first time watching it. I don't know if you've seen it. I bring up this movie way too much, but I really I couldn't. I hated my entire experience watching it just because it's like two hours and a half of kaleidoscope effects and essentially drone shots. But it's something about it really, really hit over time. And now I I still wouldn't say it's like a perfect film, but it's, I very much appreciate it and love it. But again, yeah, I I don't, I wouldn't say I necessarily hated it before. I just didn't enjoy the experience. (laughs) Yeah, I still like, haven't seen a Gaspar Noé film. Really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, Climax, if you're going to see... Climax is a good way to start. I'm, I'm trying to see it as soon as I can. <laughs> I've been so swamped with, like, being on set the past, like, however many weekends. Oh, yeah. Doing a 48-hour film festival, schoolwork. That so, is true. So, literally tomorrow, uh, yeah. 9 o'clock, I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm on spring break, so I will try to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of class, immediately watch Climax. <laughs> I saw it at an 11 a.m. screening. Um, oh, wow. Very interesting that's, that's choice. One start your day. I just, I, yeah, I, I walked outside and it was like light out, and I was like, this is very odd, but eh, I think it was going to be fucked up regardless. Um, but yeah, he's his films give you like headaches. At least they, they have for me. They all give me headaches, but I guess they're kind I can appreciate them. I don't know. Um, but I was going to ask, because you were talking about it earlier, uh, what is your, cause I was actually like wondering this before the podcast, what's your favorite Kubrick film? Um, personally, like, like there's, I'm kind of stuck between like my personal favorite is a clockwork orange just because of like, maybe it's just because I watched it when I was like 13 and first getting into like movie movies and Mm -hmm. it kind of shaped how I viewed movies a lot. Um, yeah. I, I guess, like, separating myself from that, it, I'd say 2001 is probably a better film. Yeah. But, yeah. um, I don't know. A uh, Clockwork Orange just 
just hits all the right like it does something so for you. fucked up but yeah but so the tonal balance is just crazy yeah all the subliminal shit mm-hmm. is just yeah i yeah i watched that film for the first time in like high school um but like i'd watched like the first 15 minutes and i was like a sophomore in high school and i was like this is too much and i like turned it off and i've always yeah. just thought of it as being like really fucked up but like no spoilers but like it doesn't get that much worse after that like it's kind of that's yeah honestly that's yeah the first act i guess is the worst part Mm -hmm. in terms of definitely gratuitous because then like it actually like the the meaning behind the film (laughs) really kicks in i feel like but Um, it's also like necessary to have that in the first act oh yeah yeah 100 i i see you just watched barry Lyndon and enjoyed it quite a bit i watched it for the first time i've been waiting to watch it for like a year now just because it's again it's a long movie and i and it's not only is it a long movie but it's just i know it's it's a classic and people really really love it and i wanted to just watch it in the right context like no interruptions so i finally just had a night where i was like you know what it's happening tonight and yeah i loved it so much it was it just it does such a great job at ending a scene and I guess every movie should do this, but it, it ends a scene making you just completely, like, addicted to whatever's going to happen next. Like, you can't turn it off at any point. Like, it's so hard to pause that movie. Like, yeah. I had to pee once, and I just didn't... I couldn't. Like, it was so... <laughs> <laughs> it's such an addicting film. I don't know. Now that you mention it, that's actually probably the most, like, how little I liked it the first time versus how much I loved it the second time. But oh, that's really? also in part due to the first time I watched it was on my computer in my, like, family, like, it was, I was on Thanksgiving break at my aunt and uncle's house, and I was just hanging out in their basement at, like, oh. 11 in the morning. I had just woken up, and I was like, oh, I'll watch Barry Lyndon today. <laughs> and then it was just, like, the worst way to watch it. That is... And then um, wow. last semester I watched it for a class in an actual theater, and I was like, wow. That... Must this be is different. incredible. <laughs> it was a significantly different experience. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have a lot of those moments too where I like wake up at like 10 or 11 and I'm like, I will watch this three hour movie right now. And it's, yeah. I don't know what my thought process is ever, but it's just never. Sometimes it's a great time. And I, but most of the time I'm like, I should have waited for a yeah. better time to do that. And after um, that experience seeing it, I had seen, I, I watched the Room 237 documentary. Oh. And <laughs> one of the, one of the segments, the guy's talking about, like, like, the, the context in which The Shining was made, and he's like, uh, Barry Lyndon is a very boring movie, and Stanley Kubrick got bored, blah, 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 and I was like, you know what? It is a boring movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you on that one. <laughs> and, and now having seen it again, and also... Like, yeah. <laughs> just the fact that everyone who was interviewed in that documentary is crazy. Yeah. It's just, like... It's so far... It is... It's honestly, in my opinion... Not to say they're boring, but it's, like, one of the least boring Kubrick films I've seen, in my yeah. opinion. Not... Again, not to say, like, 2001 is boring, but, like, Barry Lyndon's definitely, like, the most accessible, I would say. Like, it's Which the... Which is it, ironic, because, like, on on the surface, it seems so, like... High, like 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 posh high class like only high grade cinephiles can yes. can appreciate but it is like it, just an entertaining movie yeah it's really yeah 
I don't know. It's hard to, like, recommend it to people, because most people, like myself, are scared of three-hour-long films from the 70s that are period pieces, but it's... Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's really... I had a good time with it. Um, uh, I suppose we should get into the next question, if you're... Yeah, probably. If you got your answer or not. (laughs) We have this question from... I don't know how to pronounce it. Saya, maybe? Uh, but she asks, if you were to make a movie and you could choose any actors, dead or alive, uh, who would you pick and why? Um, oh, yeah. wow. That's it's a good question. I, I would almost like that to be more specific. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I'll let you go first. Oh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> I was really banking on that. Um, I would want to make a movie with Tilda Swinton. I, yeah. I don't know what who she would be, but I... Would love to make a movie with Tilda Swinton. That is, that's the obvious choice. I can't. Let me I, immediately. I'd also be inclined to say Tilda Swinton and Daniel Day Lewis. Oh yeah, that's a very obvious choice. Then I'd say like, uh, the more I think about it, the more I'm just thinking of like, the the standard like Paul Thomas Anderson, <laughs> Lynn Ramsey castings. Right. I was just about to say Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Also, you just watched Ratcatcher. How was that? I did. I liked it. Have you seen it? No, I've been trying, but it's not available anywhere online. Yeah, that's I'm the thing. So I, <laughs> I'm i in this essay class um, required freshman year. Um, okay. And so for this current progression, we have to pick a single artist and explore their work in a, a certain context or whatever. So I picked Lynn mm-hmm. Ramsey, um, A, because I, I wanted to watch her whole filmography yeah and b there were a few ideas i wanted to like write an essay about right. regarding that and yeah rat catcher i couldn't find anywhere so i made my first criterion collection purchase Whoa. with that dvd <laughs> yeah I, I finally crossed the threshold that's a good into, one to... into dvd collector yeah wow what's convenient about it though is it also has her first three short films oh and um which a they're not uploaded in great quality online. Um, and B, looking at her work, like, the first three short films and Ratcatcher, I kind of see as, like, stage one of her mm-hmm. of her filmography. And so it's convenient that they're all on the same DVD. And also, like, her very first short film is basically three shorter films in one. And each okay. segment is basically the premise of her next three films. Like, the first segment is about like this kid watching her parents dysfunctional marriage and then she made um her second or her third short film gas man was just a larger version of that um the second segment was about um these you know these preteen boys harassing these women Mm -hmm. and that's basically what rat catcher is about and then the third segment is um a little less directly, but, you know, to some degree about substance abuse, and that's what her second short film is about. So it's cool that they're all included on this one disc. Yeah, I might get it then, because that seems like a lot for your money. <laughs> yeah, no, I would I would recommend it, seems totally especially since it. you can't watch it anywhere else. And Ratcatcher is, um, like, I, I prefer, like, her most recent two film or her most recent features we need to talk about kevin and you were never really here are my two favorites of hers mm-hmm. but rat catcher is like a very close third in my opinion huh damn i, I really want to check it out um because i also loved we need to talk about kevin and you were never really here 
Very yeah. long names for her films, but <laughs> I, only those. I don't know. Like I don't know what the deal. She's got these oddly specific attributes to like, like her first four films are all so like visually similar to each other. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's like gas man, rat catcher. These compound word names. <laughs> um, and then these new, the, these latest two features, at least, and her latest short film, Swimmer, are all, um, or I guess that doesn't have the same, that one's a little different, but her latest two features are so stylistically different from her older stuff, mm-hmm. but similar to each other, and they both have those, like, really long sentence names. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It's it's so weird to, like, look at it like that. Yeah, that's so, so interesting. We, we didn't exactly answer the question, but... <laughs> Anyone in a PTA film or Lynn Ramsey film... Is essentially yeah. or Tilda Swinton. I suppose she's a Lynn Ramsey, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, cool. We have this question from Spencer Finney. I think I'm pronouncing that right. If it had to happen, who would you rather direct a? <laughs> I forgot I picked this. If it had to happen, who would you rather direct a Fortnite movie? Wes Anderson or Yorgos <laughs> Lanthimos? Oh wow. <laughs> I feel like the hunting scenes in the lobster are right. already. Uh... It's an easy pick, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for Yorgos. <laughs> Yeah, God, I I can't imagine uh, Wes Anderson. <laughs> I <laughs> isn't that gonna happen? Like, isn't there going to be a Fortnite movie? I think I read. Is that. there? I think oh, Variety no. posted about it or something. Oh wow! I I guess I can't say I'm surprised. Uh, right, I it's the least surprising news, but it's also just so yeah. shitty. <laughs> I can't That's even. A, a step up from the Angry Birds movie. Like just knowing there's like like a thanos thing in Fortnite, you know they're gonna like throw that in there yeah and it's it's gonna gonna be be like the lego movie where like they have they have other characters yeah like other ips that are technically under the same like like john wick as well i hate it already i just can't yeah imagine i i I know exactly what it's gonna be like we all know exactly what it is already um speaking have you played Fortnite? just out of curiosity I have played Fortnite um, <laughs> a couple times. I, I actually got it on the Switch for some reason. It's free, so it's like, yeah, why not, I mean, you know? <laughs> like, like I've played it at friends' houses. Oh. I'm not, you know, I'm not exactly what they call a gamer. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've gamer. touched my, my feet in Fortnite <laughs> from time to time. It's, here's what I'll say, it's just not fun. I'll be honest. It's not that. It's fun. a lot of. It's a lot of waiting. It's a lot of. And particularly for me, because I'm terrible at it, uh-huh. it's like a lot of waiting, and then I just die instantly. Yeah, yeah. That's like most shooter games for me. It's just me yeah. wandering around, and then when it comes time to like aim, it, I have to do it all so fast, and I can't aim that well. I'm not a. I. Yeah. I developed a uh, a Fortnite strategy where you hit the oh. parachute immediately. And spend the whole game just in the parachute. That's genius. And then, like, genius. no matter That's what, a... <laughs> you end up in, like, the top ten. That's on... I never even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use Granted, that. Granted, you, you land while everyone, like, has all these weapons and oh, you just have your, your thing. Your, but... your one, yeah. That's true. I just... I, I hate... And I know this is the whole point of the game, but just the fort aspect of it. I can't. Oh yeah, I'm. 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 I've never. Get that I've shit tried. out of here. <laughs> I've tried. I'm so. It's like People a different building, muscle. Like, hotels. Yeah. I'm like I can build a wall. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, enough Fortnite talk. Uh. <laughs> right. I think we're on the same page, Yorgos. 
I, I think so, yeah. He would make a great Fortnite film. <laughs> For sure. Um, moving on. We have, I think this is the last one, uh, from Derek Fletcher. Uh, he asks, what's a movie you were insanely hyped for that actually lived up to your expectations? Or a movie that you had super low expectations for that ended up blowing you away? I guess, well, uh, yeah. I had high expectations for the favorite, and that was oh, probably a little better than I expected. Yeah? Yeah. Would you um, comfortably put it as a 10 now? Because I know you you were pushing at it in the video you yeah, made for it. Yeah, I think I'm going to I think gonna, I'm gonna give it the... He's giving it the 10. <laughs> the, 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 the double digits. <laughs> the dubs. Uh, I still prefer the lobster, just like slightly. Ooh. Okay. But I still, I still, yeah, the favorite is, is, yeah. Nice. I, I can't, I like the lobster, but I will die on the cross of that being not one of his better films. Yeah. In my opinion. Fair. <laughs> I really like Killing of a Sacred Deer. I think that's yeah. amazing. I don't know why. It's because it's like his most horror film, I'd say. Yeah. And it's just, I, I think he I does that I watched that, that so well. before work because it had such a limited release oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. tampa and i was like okay i have just enough time to catch this screening speed <laughs> to the mall to get to work and then i had to work a whole shift after that and i was just like oh, sick <laughs> that film leaves you feeling so shitty about yourself just that ending yeah. is awful i mean it's yeah. great but it's yeah right um okay also florida i i, I was meaning to bring this up <laughs> oh boy <laughs> i Went, as you know, we talked about this, but, like, I went to Florida this last fall for right. the Orlando Film Festival, um, and it was one of the most unenjoyable, not the actual festival itself, but just that... Orlando. I did not like Orlando at all. Orlando fucking sucks. <laughs> it was... Here, here's the thing about Orlando, right? <laughs> it was just this, this piece of shit area of land that no one wanted, and because no one wanted it, it was, and they had good reason to not want it. It was dirt cheap, so Walt Disney, looking for the most affordable place to, to put this amusement park, just bought all the land in Orlando, and somehow it became, like, one of the amusement park hubs of the world, even though, like, it's so... There are some places where, like, they, they have some, some spots here and there, and as a result, the whole area becomes this nice area. Orlando is like no matter what you no matter what you put, it still collectively is a shithole. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like it just seems like it's compensating so much for how shitty it is, and that it just makes it a shittier place. <laughs> yeah, it's so depressing. I've had to spend so much time in Orlando, like as a Florida resident, so many trips to amusement parks. So many school trips, like, um, I was in STEM club in high school, and we'd go to UCF for uh -huh. the, the yearly competitions, which would mean another four days spent in Orlando, and every time, it's like, oh, we'll go to, we'll go to Dave and Buster's, won't that be fun? And then, <laughs> I don't know, it's just, I, I really hate Orlando. It's... And my brother lives in Orlando as well. Oh. You prefer, you, you're happy to be in New York compared to... Florida I'd say point. New York is, is a little better than Orlando. <laughs> I was watching, we need to talk about, I tweeted this screenshot out, I think people, I captioned it, I just remembered why this is the best Lynn Ramsey film, I think people just <laughs> thought I meant like, I watched it and remembered why, but that, 
particular frame, there's this giant <laughs> poster that says Tampa awaits. And I, I want that poster yeah. now. I, it, good thing Jeff isn't here. Uh, cause he's also from Florida. And oh, I remember when Florida. I, I, I think, uh, also Tampa, maybe oh, wow. I don't, I don't quote me on that. I don't, I forget. <laughs> um, it wasn't Orlando, but I just remember coming home from that trip and telling him that. And he was like offended. He but was, I was offended. Like, Come on. I Did don't know. Watch like, my uh, Florida project review. <laughs> I know. I wanted to, <laughs> that, that video sums it up really well after like, I just, yeah, I just want to emphasize just, I've never been more depressed in like a short period of time than when I was in Orlando. I would, it was such a sad place. I don't know. Yeah. I I showed my friends that video before I posted it and they were like, Taylor, (laughs) you spend like four minutes just talking about Orlando before you even mention the movie. You gotta, you gotta trim this down. And I was like, no, the people gotta know. It's essential. (laughs) Yeah. What was the question? The question was <laughs> um, the the movie expectations. Ever oh, had like low expectations? Right, right, right. Uh, y'all try to find one low expectations that blew me away. Um, um, one that lived up while just because you brought it up was the Florida Project. I was really yeah. excited for that movie, and I was just blown away. Um, that was it's like one of my favorite films of that year, and in general, I'd say. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. I, and I. How do you feel about the ending? I, I don't know if you, you probably brought this up in your video, but I for I did, forgot. <laughs> I I don't like the iPhone footage in it. Gotcha. Like, because right. <laughs> what what I didn't consider until after I posted the video and people mentioned it to me is that like that whole ending is just like a dream sequence in um, the character's head, and uh-huh. I get that, and I get the switching over. Yeah. But I also feel like. If anything, it should look more like fantastical if it's her. That's true. Her, yeah. Whatever. And then like, it wasn't even Sean Baker has cited necessity for shooting the last scene on an iPhone because he couldn't get like a, you know, they were shooting on a right. television or something. They couldn't get that into Disney because it yeah. was a, a decently low budget film. But like, there are there are DSLRs that can match. That's what for, I was for thinking. For all intents and purposes. I was just like, you could bring a Canon in or something, dude. Like, it didn't need to be an iPhone. I don't know if he just wanted to do the iPhone because, you know, Tangerine. And, and, and it works so the it works incredibly well in Tangerine because yeah. that's another movie about a shithole place that, mm-hmm. like, the, the pairing of those two movies are, are just so good because, like, one shows a shithole presented as a shithole but then the florida project shows a shithole presented as this like dreamland in the character's Uh head and yeah i think the iphone at the end kind of diminishes that ruins like yeah yeah like it doesn't it's not enough to you know ruin the film for me i still think it's incredible but Mm -hmm. that's just my take on that have Um, you seen his other film starlet I have not. I've only seen Tangerine and The Florida Project. The tan- gotcha. er, Tangerine actually was a film that I had really low expectations for. I think uh-huh. the trailer does a really big disservice to the film. Oh, it's so bad, yeah. It's like, not I, a good trailer. I don't know what they were going for with the how they edited that. It looked yeah. so unprofessional. Like, like I get that Like it like looks like an film. iPhone. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if the footage just... just 
in the, the way it was presented in movie form just looked better or what, but uh-huh. I don't know. I thought it just looked like a piece of shit from the trailer. <laughs> and I was yeah. I was like, wow, this is actually great. I wouldn't say I was like blown away by it, but I had really low expectations for Infinity War also. Not yeah. to bring up Marvel cuz I just I hate talking about Marvel, but like I really was not expecting to have a good time with it, especially considering the runtime. But I mean, yeah. I was like somewhat entertained throughout its I will I will say situation. I I don't want to dwell on on Marvel either right now, but um <laughs> it was the trailer came out what like the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And at that point, I had, like, I hadn't, like, denounced superhero movies, but I was just, like, I liked Spider-Man Homecoming, but not enough to, like, at least on on first watching, like, it's kind of grown on me a little bit, but at that time, I was just kind of tired of superhero movies. I didn't think Thor Ragnarok looked very good. Uh I still haven't seen Justice League, because it just looked terrible. And yeah, so yeah. I don't I was have like, any urge to see it. <laughs> December 2017, I was like, wow, I guess I'm just done with superhero movies. <laughs> and then the Infinity War trailer dropped, and I was like, oh my god, this is actually... This looks pretty good, yeah. This, this actually restored my faith in superhero right. movies. And then, yeah, I'd say it lived up to, to what I expected. Well, um, that about does it. Cool. We're sitting at like 50 minutes, that's a, which was longer than I thought. Pretty good. But, uh standard podcast thanks for having me for sure yeah thanks for being on um sorry again to everyone that uh jeff couldn't be here hope he's feeling better um he told me not to do the recap again um for any previous (laughs) listeners so i won't do that but um we'll get back to business uh whenever he's back probably next week or something but thank you so much taylor good to have you on and uh, thanks again to everyone still listening uh don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on itunes we are also on spotify if you didn't know and don't forget to leave a rating because it really does help us get up the charts and all that uh but anyways thank you so much again for watching and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side <laughs>